and welcome to the One Up Front podcast with your host Iman. We are the football podcast that offers insight on football's niche topics. If you do want to get in touch with the show, um, you can email us on oneupfront4231 at gmail.com and you can tweet us, Facebook us and Instagram us. Um, if you do want to listen to the show on other platforms, it's SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Audioboom and Google Podcasts. So this is going to be episode 106, I believe, um, so shout out to us, um, another episode notched on the belt, um, obviously we're all sort of tied down at the moment, but we're going to try and give you a little bit of football content, talk about a bit of transfers, all that sort of jazz. So joining me, um, I've got Elliot, how you doing man? I'm good man, I'm good man, thanks for having me on again. No worries, no worries, always, always a pleasure, always a pleasure. And I've got Richard as well. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to be on again. <laughs> yep, yep. We're, we're, we're racking up all the all the appearances. I've lost count from. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'm on sixty plus caps. Sixty caps. Okay, so without further ado, um, where, where, where should we start? Should we start with um, this this situation? And uh, you posted this link into the group about um, Arsenal players and obviously them refusing to accept a pay cut. Yeah. And when we when we first heard the the the, the story, everyone was just like, you know, this is such a good deal for the Arsenal players. Mm. Um, you know, considering the circumstances, they're gonna. Um, if if you're if you're not well, to our listeners, if you're not aware of what's been going on, basically Arsenal um, Football Club basically tried to obviously because of the whole coronavirus thing, um, yeah. obviously quite a few clubs are sort of well, quite a few players are accepting pay cuts, uh, or you know clubs are you know furloughing staff. Liverpool FC have had to reverse the decision. Spurs, Bournemouth have all reversed the decision. But basically, what Arsenal Football club are doing is rather than um, saying to the players you're gonna get less wages or thirty percent pay cut, they're basically saying that you're we're gonna defer your we're gonna give you a pay cut over twelve months, I believe. Yeah. And if you qualify for the Champions League, you got you will get that money back. And if you get transferred out of the club, um, basically you'll get the money back. Um, but basically, the, the Arsenal players on Monday, which was two days ago, um, so it's like the 13th of April, basically unanimously rejected that proposal. Um, and basically, Stan Collymore's come out and basically said that the Arsenal players are absolutely right to refuse a pay cut. And they've actually shown more unity in this situation um, off the pitch. <laughs> off the pitch. That they've shown um, in the last six of four quarter season. So maybe they would have actually won a title if they had actually shown more unity. So I just wanted to get you guys' take on it. Um, you know, we don't really want to go too much into the, the Arsenal situation itself, but I mean, what, what do you think? Do you, do you think that the. Do you think Stan Collymore was actually right about the unity that Arsenal players have shown during the situation? Painful to say he's right. He's, he's right enough. And, uh, the whole pay cut thing is kind of just, it's, it spins my head a bit because I'm kind of like, why, like I was reading before, like clubs are still trying to conduct businesses as well. 
So what you mean like tran- like transfers, like the stuff like transfer talks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me personally, I'm for players refusing pay cuts. Yeah. I feel like the club makes so much money anyway. And that's my stand on it, really, without going into in so much details. And Stan Collimore complimented Arsenal and also slapped Arsenal at the same time. Yeah, he gave him a backhand compliment. What's your take, Richard? Do you, do you think that the Arsenal players are actually showing more unity than they've ever shown? I'm, I'm going to say yes, but I'm biased. But, um, <laughs> no, I think um, I think I don't think that's fair. I think um, I don't think they've, you know, I don't think it, it takes that much unity to reject um, a pay deal that you don't like. You know what I mean? Versus um, playing out on the pitch, and I don't think unity is their challenge on the pitch anyway. But it is a, it is excellent. Um, it's an excellent backhanded com- com- um, yeah. <laughs> compliment. It's just, it's beautiful to listen to. I think um, on, uh, on the whole issue of Arsenal rejecting the pay cut, I, I, at first I was like, oh, these guys are disgusting. They don't care about anything. But when um, it was a comment that um, someone else made, Sam, um, where he said, yeah, but if you think about it, I, you know, they have a right to reject it if the owners are still getting, you know, the their their slice of the pie and you know they're still you know I don't know what their furlough situation is but if they want to press ahead with that agenda and whatnot and actually the standard offer it seems across other clubs is basically a 30% or a 20% cut and that's and that's whilst all of this is going on so if you take that let's just say that's going to be a free you know three months uh, of worth of cut you know worth of of a cut that's free you know Three months at twenty percent versus twelve months at twelve point five percent. You know, if that was me, I'd reject it as well. Even three, you know, even three hundred grand, and that's it's just on the principle. Absolutely. You know, so I, at first I was like, oh, you know, look at these greedy football players. But actually, I think they'd do a deal if it was right. I'd like to believe that. I'd like to believe that. You know, they're not Arsenal football players are more greedier than the average football player. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. And then I think as well, like, you know, it shouldn't be... Like, I'm not too sure what the situation is with, you know, quite a lot of football clubs anyway, but they seem to be like, you know, just saying that, yeah, you're just going to get the, the money cut, but really and truthfully, the players should get the money back once they start playing again. Mm. Like, it should, it should just be a situation where people just get the... You know, because the money is actually contractually agreed to them. So you know, maybe it's just it should just be a cash a cash thing. But yeah, I, I love I love Stan Collingwood's sort of backhanded compliment. <laughs> 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 I have a quality issue as a, as opposed to a unity issue. I think yeah, unity yeah. is ob- is great, obviously, when you've got a good team. But if, even if you do have, well, I guess if you, if you do have unity, you can still do a lot more with your team. Um, even if the quality isn't necessarily there, you can you can get by. But obviously, mm-hmm. it it it, um, it sort of magnifies your quality if you have the unity and the quality. If, if you get yeah. people, I mean, so yeah, it's, it's it's always interesting to to hear Stan's little forthright <laughs> forthright comments um, in, 
this in this in this time. So um, yeah. So all right. Um, so yeah, let's let's move on to this to this next one. Then let's talk about um, transfers. Obviously, um, uh, we've, we've obviously seen Gary Neville's comments, um, and, and Elliot you, and Richard, you, you both sort of alluded to it. The fact that at the moment. Obviously, clubs are still trying to conduct business. Mm, uh, yeah. So, obviously, Gary Neville sort of come out and been a bit forthright and basically saying, "Yeah, clubs are clubs that are trying to furlough staff shouldn't be like there should be a basically a transfer embargo." And I think it's unanimous that everybody sort of agreeing with Gary Neville, even though he's proven himself to be a bit of a bit of a tosser. About twat. <laughs> 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 Some of his comments, but he's actually exercising a little bit of wisdom. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the thing with Gary Neville. He just he says a lot, so yeah. a lot of it is bad. But you know, because he says so much, you know, just just on the balance of the probability, something has to make sense based Most on how much it talks. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> and obviously, um, there's this thing about um, you know FIFA because obviously quite a lot of players were obviously out of contract. Mm. Um, FIFA have said that basically players can get or clubs can get um, short-term extension on those players' deals so that they can obviously finish finish the season. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we're going to just look at a few a few players from this Guardian article about players that probably need to be shipped on so I just wanted to get your opinion yeah. with them because um, th- this this is obviously a Guardian article basically saying have these players done enough to earn new contracts so we're going to look at Bournemouth um, and Chelsea uh, and Spurs as well just to kind of see whether you guys think some of these players deserve a deal I'll start with, I'll start off with one basically on this article basically they've, they've put Bournemouth down and they've obviously put Ryan Fraser and Jordan Ibe um, or Jordan Ibe because he's a he's a big bull boy uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> the tribalism here <laughs> but I, I strongly disagree with what they're trying to say about Jordan Ibe um, they basically try to paint him out like he's a young player they basically say Ibe who is just 20 or Ibe should I say is just 24 um, 24 24 should have a bit more time to develop um, and then they obviously go out to list a, a few of his accolades saying that he played for England's under 80s 90s 20s and 21 and is a strong dribbler like and he's not started a single game yeah. for this season no like, thank you if, no, if, thank you. if you have any reason to drop him absolutely right now not right now at the end of his contract I mean what, what, do, what do you guys think Hundred percent, he doesn't deserve. He doesn't deserve nothing really. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and that's even a bonus level. That's what we're actually saying. That actually, oh, this he doesn't deserve a new contract that bonus anyway. Yeah, and that's. I mean, he might have the potential because at Liverpool, I thought he was excited at mm. Liverpool, and I thought he would go on to be, you know, to be honest, Raheem Sterling levels because that's the that's the level of talent he was showing. But yeah. Yeah, you know, like how old Raheem Sterling? What, twenty five, twenty six? Yeah, that was in a perspective when you say that, and I just think, yeah, he doesn't deserve a contract, and I think he's he's probably costing them a fair bit on their wages. Yeah, every week as well, because he would have, you know, coming from Liverpool, he would have been, 
he would have come on good, you know, good money. Basically. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. I think he would have probably at Liverpool is probably on ten, maybe twenty, thirty grand a week. Right. Uh, probably getting that match probably a bit more than thirty-five, forty at Bournemouth. Yeah, so it's, it's not. It's not. It's not. A, but for a club of Bournemouth's size, that's still a you know a big you know big chunk of income. And obviously, the transfer to Liverpool wasn't cheap either because obviously he went there. Was it three seasons ago now? Fifty yeah. pounds. But Bournemouth seemed to. I don't know if it's Eddie Howe who's to blame, but they. I think when they buy these players from like other top six clubs, they just get them horribly. Or top ten clubs, they just get them horribly wrong. Like, I think it's Eddie Howe's failure to adapt. Really, I think that's he buys these strong players and he just. Keeps the same, like he doesn't really. It's like the players got to fit to his system. Oh, you think you think it's a, a system issue? Yeah, it? I think I think it is because he's just he forever dies on that four four two, and yeah. just, he doesn't want to be flexible. And he has players potentially that can play good football, but he's just yeah. very. He's a very. He's very direct, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. That's what, and he's not. He's not. He's not a bad manager. He's just very. He, he can't adapt really to yeah. these players, and I think that's that's his problem. I think as well. He, I, I personally think he's probably doesn't really understand them or can't get the most out of him. You know, it, I, 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 you know, I mean this in the most in a in an endearing way. At the, at the best of times, Eddie Howe reminds me of you know your local plumber. So that kind of thing, and his charisma sort of says so as well. You know, he, <laughs> relate, he relates he, he relates to the old Jack the Lad kind yeah. of thing. So that's why he's he's got he's, you know all of his last starting lineup. You know, he's got his Smiths, his Frasers, his Wilsons, yeah, his Cooks, his exactly his Cooks, everything. <laughs> but anybody like Moose off. Do you know what I mean? Basil, <laughs> off. Ibe, <laughs> off. You know what I mean? Man said he's your good old English breakfast. Honestly. <laughs> he no. comes with the fried rice or the moi moi. <laughs> Honestly, because I, I, I don't really know where else. And I think it's only when an exceptional talent comes into the fray, the fray like someone like Nathan Ake, mm. do you know what I mean? Who is an exceptional talent compared to the squad they've got. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that's when you know because he, he's he will perform wherever he goes. So it's like yeah, he, he slots in, he does a good job. I just think um, Eddie Howe, yeah, I think he, he's not got many strings to his bow. No, yeah. definitely, definitely. All right, let's move on to Burnley then. So you've got <laughs> Jeff Hendrick, um, who basically he's he's up for. Uh, a renewal of his contract um, so at the moment obviously he's sort of a workman type midfielder um, obviously they bought him from Derby um, a few seasons four, um, four seasons ago um, He, when he was at Derby he was quite famed for some of his really sort of outrageous goals and I think he was getting six to maybe eight goals a season but since he's been to Burnley he's not been a guaranteed starter um, but he's only chipped in about so he's never managed more than three goals in a Premier League campaign. Um, so I mean, do, do you think do you think he deserves a new deal, or do you think he'll he'll need to be shipped on? Because to be honest, the problem for Burnley is whether is whether they're able to get any any suitable players. Yeah, and I was thinking that like I think the I think with him is I would give him a contract on the mere fact that 
these these players are just Burnley type players. <laughs> like like I don't see what like what else they need. They need they prefer those workmen. He's a he's a midfielder, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And they go from back to front quicker than anyone. So yeah. <laughs> so so I think that it's like it's the well, it's a good luxury they have because they need him and they don't need him really because anyone could kind of do what he does. Yeah, exactly. But I think he's um he's. He's a good squad player. Yeah, and I and I would yeah, and I would I'd give him at least a two to three year contract. Mm. Based on you know I, I don't know, it, it depends if if sure I mean because to lose him what if they lose him for free on a free, it's a lot of money. They're, yeah, they're gonna have to replace him. Yeah, yeah, and they're not and they're not gonna get any money in. Exactly, and they're running skin on money anyway now. To, to yeah. the whole. Well, yeah, they, they, Sean, they, they've been complaining about money as well, haven't they? So. Yeah. yeah, Sean Dash seems to keep saying they're weeks away from uh, collecting. <laughs> yeah, yeah these, these, these clubs are so shameless, man. Like, I, 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 I just I can't believe it. Like, it's, <laughs> like it, it, it beggars belief, like, because mm, I just don't understand how at one stage, like, and, 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 and really, I, I blame the Premier League because they, they're the ones who have puffed up the clubs um, and, and basically said, yeah, we're all getting, you know, we're getting five billion. Every club gets you know, 90 million plus every season. Yeah. Now, these, these guys are so shameless, man. Like, I feel... Oh, don't, don't, don't let me write to them, man. Don't let me write to them, man. I'm, I'm just... I've said a lot already. Um Honestly, oh. when when people start to plan business continuity planning and backup and contingency planning, the last down of the fence is going to be: Will we survive if a pandemic breaks out? Because no one saw this coming. Mm-hmm. And to be fair to all of these, I, I don't know about the EFL clubs. That's another kettle of fish. Yeah, yeah. But with the Premier League ones, I would have said if you know you probably look at their you know their financial sort of markers i.e. their balance sheet their P&Ls and you probably would have thought actually that makes sense yeah. do you know what I mean so I don't know man I I, I, don't, I feel like it's above my pay grade to call it but yeah. definitely definitely EFL and below I think you'll find a lot of shame, shamelessness for real but um, I don't yeah, know I don't... But, but see see I, I, I don't mind I don't mind below EFL and below. To be honest, I'm even I'm even thinking that EFL, sorry, the, the Championship and the Premier League should be sort of kept together because I both think both of those get enough. Not to say they get enough. Well, Championship are, are, are in between, I guess. Because some of them aren't actually properly run and have even more dubious owners than some of the Premier League teams. But definitely, all the Premier League teams have shown. They're behind, like they're so. Like I think the Premier League has has gone on for too long, always increasing its money. So yeah. now, like they're they're in they're in they're in a state of shock because like what like they've they've been given money like they've been paid so well for so long that they don't understand what lack is. So they 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 can buy who they want, they can pay the wages that they want, but really and truthfully. They need to all reassess, and I, and I think to be honest, the whole football paradigm needs to be reassessed, really, because I think what needs to happen now is clubs need to actually start. Um, it's it's going to be. I don't think this this sort of pandemic isn't going to happen again. I it, well, we we don't know, but 
I doubt it's going to happen again. Yeah. Famous last words. Famous <laughs> 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 last words, but the probability of it happening again. So slim. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you, know, you, you, you just don't. See, I just don't see it. But there is going to be a massive recession, um, and will will football fans be able to pay what they were paying before for for TV and for um, and for tickets? So, yeah, I, I, I just doubt that. That's that. Yeah, I don't see it happening. I feel like it's going to be the domino effect. Across boards, um, yeah, those football fans that want have everything like subscription wise would probably something would have to happen, and I think it, it changes like this pandemic changes quite a lot of things that people have kind of taken granted for, um, and stuff. So, yeah, I expect big changes, yeah, definitely. I, th- I think it's going to be very interesting, yeah, um. So yeah, I mean, we look at um, other clubs now, like Chelsea. Um, you've got William, Pedro, and Olivier Giroud, who are basically all done. Three high-profile thirty something. They're done. They're done. Rich, would you keep any of them? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Maybe Willian, but then it's just, I mean, I think you're reaching a little bit now. I think, you know, he's, he doesn't, uh, he's busy, but he's, like, I, I don't like Willian, to be honest. Like, I, 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 I don't like Willian. Well, I, I feel like, no, I, I, I like, I like him as a player, mm. but I don't think he, like, he, he, I don't think he's as good as the hype was when he, was about to sign for Tottenham and for Chelsea. Yeah. I, I, I don't see what, what the hype. Yeah. Nah, lads, lads, can I, sorry, sorry, but I feel like that's because he's peaked. That's all. But no, but no, but no, but was his peak even good though? That's yeah. Sad. yeah, it was just overmarred by bad seasons. Like, you remember? Yeah, I think it was okay, I understand that. that I'll, you know I'll, I'll mean? agree with that. I'll yeah. Agree. You know, because he, he was he's a very good player. He's very, very good. He's not I wouldn't say Williams world class, but you know, like Barcelona like if the rumours are to be believed, Barcelona are after him, Juventus are after him, Bayern Munich are after him at one point in time. Do you know what I mean? I think he can do a job on a wing. And I think I definitely think Frank Lampard doesn't know how to use him. I yeah, think, I mean, yeah, but I feel like William doesn't know how to use himself. Like, I feel like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I feel like man's he, like William to me looks like someone that if if I see like a ten minute clip of him, I'll feel like wow, he's absolutely like amazing and stuff. But, when, but after ninety minutes, you realise what has he actually done yeah. in this game? Yeah, I, I feel quite like underwhelmed. But I think that's the class divide though, because you 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 don't need to. You know, he's he's a. I think the best way to describe him is at times he's a bit of a headless chicken. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, the, but the attributes he has, he's you know the, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a great free kick, free kick taker. He can put a ball in the box. He can take on a man. Do you know what I mean? And not just take on a man like Jordan Ibe can take on a man. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's, he, I mean, he can really like as I was saying, he can take it on at world level. So I yeah. think he's got the attributes, but I just, I mean. 
yeah, I think Chelsea should get rid of him, and I think whoever's signing him up should not get carried away unless he's going to Italy. Because yeah, Italy he'll, just... probably, he'll probably go Italy or Turkey, I think. Yeah, because they just minus like five years off a man's age. Yeah, <laughs> they can pay the wages, isn't it? Like, yeah, them, them clubs out there. Exactly. All right, cool. Um, let's go Leicester City then. Um, so they've man plays Mendy. Um, apparently, well, according to um, what they said in the article, basically he was, he was Leicester's club record signing in 2016. So this was obviously after the title winning season. Um, but he has not lived up to his 13 million price tag. He's now 27 year old, 27 years old. Um, and he came in towards the end of Claude Puel's reign, starting 23 of 31 league games. Um, I mean, he's, he's a tidy passer. Hmm. I mean, would, 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 does, does he deserve a new contract, or do you think Leicester have enough to do? No, he doesn't deserve it, but I feel like he came, he came at the worst time to Leicester City as well, yeah. because I feel like, didn't they just lose Kante? Yeah. Mm. So they just got this other black brother. Is that, <laughs> and he, bro, he he was listen, he was Kante's replacement. That's yeah, what, exactly. He's that's like, what sure that's, and everything. That's what we that, I think I think that's what's what's been so unfair in him. That it's kinda of like they expected this energy, this Kante energy. And it's and it's completely like the opposite. <laughs> yeah, that's it's so true. He's he's proper no frills, like this is why people these um, coaches and scouts in this country they don't put respect on people's names how can you just think oh we had one short black guy and he was really good in defensive midfield and I saw this double short black guy and he's really fast yeah like what's going on no respect oh my gosh he came at the wrong time but since then he's just he just can't get like he's because I feel like anytime he's on the pitch, I feel like they're expecting this Kante like presence yeah. on the pitch, and it's definitely not Kante like presence. So, I feel, and I feel like that's the reason I would say that they get rid of him, and probably better for him as well to just go because I feel like he's just not what what they probably expected him to be. Yeah, uh, that that's system terrible. <laughs> yeah, man. All right. Um, well, we'll talk about well this Sheffield United guy, but I think John Lundstrom he's coming to the end of his contracts, but we won't really talk about him because it seems like he's going to definitely get a deal. Um, obviously, he's, he's turned into a bit of a fantasy football favourite. Um, he's actually started more games um, in the Premier League than he has done for Sheffield United in the previous two seasons. And he's already scored seven goals, so um, yeah, he'll he'll definitely get another another season because obviously he's contributed to Sheffield United pretty much overachieving uh, this season. So um, we'll move on to Tottenham um, and Jan Vertonghen. So apparently he reportedly fell out with Pochettino. Um, he's thirty-two years old. He's been an absolute fool for Spurs um, over the past. Seven, seven seasons. He's been a really good player, um, but he's only started just 18 out of the club's 29 um, matches, and he's been struggling with a lot of injuries. He's had his contract issues as well. Um, do you think Spurs would be right to renew his contract, or do you think he should basically call it quits and, and find another club? Uh, in your- my opinion, 
Spurs would be sensible to be re- to renew his contract. But if I were the Tongan, I would not stay at Spurs. Um, I think that's the way it's got to go. I think I think the Tongan's been a good servant for Spurs, and you know if the Tongan goes, do you know what I mean? Um, would I mean they have got Adovero to be honest, but I think you just leave yourself you leave yourself a bit light. Um and I don't know when Foyf is coming back from injury as well, but at the moment you've got Sanchez, Vitongan, Foyf and Adovero and then this new guy Tanganga, but I don't think I, I don't I think they might he might get found out soon. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think it would be wise for him for them to renew. If they could, it would be amazing if they had a you know a one year extension that they could trigger or something. But yeah, just a two year deal maybe. I don't know. But mm. if I were the Tongan, I'd be like, yeah, nah. Let me go to let me let me go to a retirement club, maybe back to Ajax or a nice little you know Italian club or something. You know what I mean? Mm. No, I heard, I heard that. I, I think if I was Spurs, I'd get rid of it. I think the age, I, I think in the last 18 months, they ha- he, him and Aldo have actually been regressive in, in like performance-wise as well. I feel like the age and injuries are obviously playing a part to that. Um, but the question is, who would they get and how long is Foyth out for? So on that front, I think it's a tough one. I, would I give him a contract? I don't think I would. Because he's like, I, and I, I always go off like when players get to a certain age, they want that big payoff contract. Yeah. Like, they want that big deal. And yeah, and I, I, I to be honest, Levy's not going to do it. So, <laughs> so really, <laughs> why, why ever not? <laughs> no, I, like that was a, that was a tough situation. Just on the mere fact that they have injuries. Yeah, and the expecting the expectation on that that kid that they put into the fold now, Capitals' name Tang, Tangeri, whatever his name is, it's like yeah. sounds like Lord of Lord of the Game of Thrones name. The isolation is mashed on my head, man. <laughs> Lord of the Thrones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spurs are really going backwards right now. Um, I think I think they they just just out of you know just because they just need they need players they should renew his contract because I think also Wanyama's going as well. Um, he's gone, hasn't he already? So he's gone. He's gone. Yeah, yeah he's gone. So um, yeah, I mean the Spurs right now. I mean Spurs are just really messed up. They've just they've just done nothing. Like they didn't invest in the squad like they they were supposed to when they were really good. And they've not sold any of the assets when their stock was at its highest. Um, so I'm just gonna. I'm, I've got. I've got this little theory. Um, you guys tell me what you think. Yeah. So basically, obviously, there's there's all these rumours now around Harry Kane and maybe United are gonna go and buy him and blah blah blah. Um, obviously, Spurs are talk, Spurs are talking about Harry Kane being worth 200 million. I don't think Spurs are gonna get 
anywhere close to that. Obviously, with with obviously everything that's happening with this pandemic, do you guys foresee players going for a lot less money now um, post COVID nineteen, or do you still think that like clubs will be able to demand high fees because there is there is going to be a fallout. But like, what, what's our prediction for transfer fees? Because I, I just I just don't see how clubs could justify, you know, spending huge amounts on players when things are going to be a bit sticky. And do you see how how much do you think Harry Kane would go for post COVID nineteen? If if just and this is just us speculating. Mm. If Harry post COVID nineteen, yeah. Harry Kane. Under a hundred mil. Under a hundred mil, yeah. Under a hundred mil, quite easy. Cause I'm an Arsenal fan, so I'm trying to be, be as objective as I can. Yeah. So, the thing with Harry Kane, the thing, the issue I think with Harry Kane is going to a a bigger club than Tottenham is that apart from goals, that's it. In my opinion, like I, d- I don't see him. I-, I don't rate his overall game. Oh, why do? Oh. I don't. I yeah. I'm, I'm oh. I don't rate his overall game. How? But, oh. but I rate his goal scoring pedigree, and that's it for me. So, I'd, if United were going for him, I think it'd be the. I think it would be such a bad move for United to get Harry Kane. So I, I, I'm not fond of. United getting Harry Kane because of that premium. Um, it really bothers me, that premium. And I think Harry Kane over the last two seasons is showing us that he's you know he might be breaking down early. Mm. Um, and I think it's even even earlier than when Alan Shearer started to break down, to be honest. Because Alan Shearer was in his late 20s. He started to break down and he started to slow down as well. But <clears throat> I think... I think Harry Kane will go. It's difficult because I feel like you to, to decide on a final price. You have to look at who wants him. Yeah, well, who want who would want him and who can afford him? Um, when you look at the people that you know, there's only about two or three clubs. Will you know? And the only club that will pay more than a hundred million, in my opinion, would be United. Could they afford it? You know, could they afford to set to buy him and the Jaden Sancho at the same time? I'm gonna say no, and I'm gonna say that they're probably more interested in Jaden Sancho. Therefore, Harry Kane, if he were to go, would go for less than a hundred million. So I agree with that. But I don't agree with <laughs> my slander. Um, <laughs> I don't agree with you know his his all round play not being good. I think. I don't. I, I really. It's, it's, we hear this a lot about Harry Kane, but I don't know where it comes from. I'm not sure what people, what people want their strikers to do. But Harry Kane, you know, at his fittest, is he's a he's a world class striker. I agree. You know, he's, no, but not. You know I mean, as in like he he can pass, he can assist, he brings people into the game. He does it all. Do you know what I mean? He's and if you got to, if you think about all the centre forwards in the world, who else? You know what I mean? Who are you going to say 
adds more to your team above Harry Kane. You're, you've got to think about you. I mean, there's not there's not a huge list. So there's a, like he's a maybe I was a bit harsh on him. <laughs> I feel like the Arsenal coming out. I think it was the Arsenal, and I've tried so hard to be objective. I think we do have to put put respect on Kane's name because he does do more, man. Like, because I mean, but in 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 those seasons at White Hart Lane, those three four seasons, man, he was electric. He, he was so cold. Oh, he, he was literally a nine and a half slash a nine. Yeah, like, you know, like I'm not even gonna say he was a he was a proper ten, like he was a nine and a half or a yeah. or a nine for me, like in terms of the position that he was playing, like he was a he was a gunner, but he did link up a lot of play. He was running channels. He was doing everything for Pochettino, like so. I think we do have to put more respect to his name, but I think Richard is right. Like his in terms of his body breaking down, I think that is a huge huge problem for Kane. Like, and I just don't see, like, how anybody's going to pay upwards of $100 million for him. It's a high risk. It is, it is yeah. high risk. It is high risk. Um, so, yeah, I just, yeah, I, I, I think it is. it will be interesting. I, I, I do think um, prices might go down, but then also you've got the, the thing is the market will also stay a bit steady as well because there's scarcity. Mm. So in terms of, top players you know that not a lot of them are available yeah so the, the fact that that's there as well means that if somebody is saying that you can have them for this price you know you're not going to be able to get an Mbappe from anywhere else apart from the actual Mbappe there's not going <laughs> to be two or three you get what I mean yeah it's true so yeah I think it will be interesting to see what the what is going to happen with the post COVID-19 <laughs> and, and, and transfer prices because I think clubs will need to be more cautious um, as we've obviously highlighted before in terms of you know uh, will, 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 will football fans have, have money going forward so yeah alright let's see what's the next what's the next one on our agenda um, alright so Sky and BT um, have been banned um, from talking um, about Liverpool's title bid. Um, they've they've been banned from talking about a lot of things. Um, so they've, banned, they've, banned, <laughs> they've been banned from talking about furlough, salary cuts, um, whether they should play football behind closed doors. So obviously the, the whole premise behind this whole thing is at the moment, uh, because there is no football on, um, Basically, Sky and BT are still asking for access to people within clubs to talk about different things. Um, obviously, it's very difficult in these circumstances to actually talk about football, but all these broadcasters still need access. They still need content. So clubs are basically scared to offer up anybody because they don't want anything awkward to come out. And obviously, Liverpool were in a hot mess last week when Jürgen Klopp basically shot his mouth off about uh, his comments about Mane and him looking like a rapper that he doesn't he doesn't have any he doesn't have any time for that so again um, what, what did you think about those comments racist big problems like, that's like a, that is an everyday problem to the everyday black person 
Do you understand? And I feel like, and what I think what annoys me off is that he gets this freedom pass that he could just laugh about it and just, haha, no, I was thinking that then, and it's you know it's okay. I don't think like that anymore, kind of thing. But it's my issue is, it's just my issue is it's even it's bigger than it's what he said just continues to just show just what people actually like what people actually see and like fair enough he's obviously admitted it and said that you know i had this perception of Mane and i don't have this perception no more and people are going oh yeah you know like it gets swept under the rug imagine imagine a black person said ah when i saw when i saw what's his face uh madison i thought it was a crackhead yeah, do you understand? <laughs> yeah, and, and I didn't have time. And I didn't have time for it. It was part of a boy band, or, 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 or some, or you look like it was on job seekers or something mad like that. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like, and I feel like it's not giving, it's not giving enough traction to what he actually mm. said. And I think that's my biggest problem with it, because that's an everyday problem to the everyday black person. I think, I think this is, I think what he said is, you know, I don't, I. I feel like it's not so much what comes from Klopp. Mm. I think it's unfortunately the lived experience of people who have played that role and how much damage saying it out, you know what I mean, mm. in that fashion does, you know what I mean? And I, I don't have sympathy for Klopp because not to be funny, he's, he definitely has more privilege than I do, but I don't think he's racist if that makes sense. I think no, I, I, he's he's projecting his unconscious bias onto the yeah. world. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. I, and what, what I'd like to see now is for him to come out and say, you know, that's how I thought before. I realised, you know, that was, that was very stereotypical of me. And I realised, you know, actually, I got this very wrong. And actually, Sadio Mane is a very good example of that, of yeah. how I can be proved wrong. And exactly. all guys, you know, who have, you know, who, who basically look like a black man, you know what I mean, who has money, is, is, is rappers, you know what I mean? And I think it's, um, I don't know if it's ignorance, I think it's, it's I think it's unconscious bias, and I think, you know, we, we have, there's an element of this where we have to tread carefully, where it's like, we don't want people to think they can't have that freedom of speech, we just want people to, when they come out with it, you need to be educated. You can't yeah. now... You know what I mean? Because I don't, I don't want to hear Klopp in his next interview, you know. Okay, it's okay. I said, you know, he's a rapper. And, you know, it's okay. Uh, you know, what, what, what do you want me to do about it? You know, I'd be honest. I say what, you know, I say what you people want. Maybe next time I don't I don't open, you know, I, I, I close my mouth. You know what I mean? I don't want to hear none of that. And that's what I feel like he's going to do if he gets put on it. <laughs> you know, now that I've said it out, I feel like he's going to do that as well. I feel like he's going to do that. He's the sort of person to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope he doesn't, man, because that that that's what that's like. Um, you know, for, for first time is you know warning. This time now, you have to do time, you have to do some time, some proper punishment if yeah. you come out of those comments. But also, yeah. well, do, do you know do you know how bad, like do you know how bad it is like because when you when you consider what Klopp said, I'm not too sure because I've not listened to that many podcasts recently. Um, but basically, look how much those comments are absolutely flagrant and they need to actually be, dis- be properly discussed and broken down because obviously Klopp said that and has been quite honest.
honest about it, his unconscious bias. But obviously that's happening in Germany, it's happening in England, it's happening in Spain, it's happening in Italy, it's happening in France. And there's a lot more managers, there's a lot more gatekeepers, a lot more coaches spread across mm. all of those countries who have similar approaches to what Klopp has, for example. Yeah. But yet when Paul Pogba comes out on his Manchester United <laughs> um, interview saying he doesn't know who Graham Souness is... Bro. Is, is is that level like and and then, and then Brandon Souness comes back and says, you know, put your medal on the table. Okay, the response. It's so daft, but but I'm not. Oh, but I was gonna say, but like he's got a world. He actually has a whole World Cup medal. Like what's going on? <laughs> what kind of response? <laughs> yeah, what? I was like, why did you say that? That's that's what's crazy about it. But are they? Why are they not doing a deep dive into Klopp's comments? And asking Jamie Carragher and Souness about that as ex Liverpool players, mm. but an off the cuff comment which Pogba, like which Pogba says he he's never heard of Graham. It's not no footballer knows every single footballer past in the past. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, he says he but, he did, he didn't like he didn't even know who David May was. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? He really, you know, he really tries to empathise and whatnot, and he gets it. Yeah. And I think, you know, like, you know, there's not, there's not that appetite with journalists. You know, what I'm saying it's, it's only what's flavour of the month that they'll delve into. Of course, of course, Pogba saying that he I doesn't know who Graham Souness, you know, is. You know, what I'm saying this is what is the media sensationalised with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'll just use one example that I never, you know, at the time I was angry, yeah, but I never, so I got onto him as well, to be honest, but I was a victim of the sensationalisation. I think United lost to Brighton, yeah, and Pogba was captain, yeah, and he's, and Pogba said, our mentality wasn't right, yeah, and everybody was up in arms, how can you say that as a captain? What kind of a stupid thing to say is that? Da, 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 da. And I actually thought, you know what? I don't necessarily think that's a criminal thing to say. Mm. It's not, do you know what I mean? I, I think I've, I'm pretty sure I've heard a few people say it, like, I think, I a, think a few times. Hen, I think even Henderson. Really. Henderson said it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. No one's getting onto it, do you know what I mean? And I think that it's only, you. you're right, you know what I mean, like, if there's an agenda there, if there's a sensation, if there's an exaggeration waiting to happen, the media will capitalise on it. Yeah. But when it's a story like this, which in their opinion is a non-starter, and then, you know, they have to go at some point to a press conference and ask Klopp questions, and, you know, and they're going to be the, the title champions, so they don't want to rock the boat, and they've yeah. got a very strong backing in the media. No one's going to, no one wants to do that. No one, they, they don't want it. Yeah, so I'll come off my soapbox, but yeah, sorry about that. that that's, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's one close to my heart, that one. I agree. Yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting, man. It's just It just shows you again like that, because I, I have a, a, a little, just a theory about just how um, sort of the, the media picks, and it, the media definitely does pick and choose what it does want to make a story um, and what it does want to suppress. Yeah. But obviously you can see now um, that the Premier League clubs um, and their stakeholders want to obviously keep the Premier League away from the whole COVID-19 situation as much as possible. Um, so, oh, you know, the fact that they don't want the clubs to talk about any of these situations, is that sort of another another sort of uh, sort of a, a whitewash, really? Um, or, or do we want clubs to be actually talking about this stuff from personnel because obviously at the moment there's so much stuff in the news about COVID-19 and the coronavirus do we want to hear sports people and clubs and football talking about this and offering their opinions on this stuff or do we just want them to just be as silent or talk about whatever other stuff they want to talk about because who knows what can they really talk about if they're not talking about this stuff (sighs) feel like, you know, as we talked about before, I feel like, how do you control what people are allowed to talk about and not allowed to talk about if the, like, as you said, this is what's flavour of the month, <laughs> like, so, yeah. it's, I, I, like, I don't believe that you should be gagging um, these outlets to talk about what's actually, what's currently happening every day, I feel like we're all kind of... Mm going through the same thing it's not like an isolated incident so and their opinion is as valid as our opinion that we're on a podcast here talking about it so i don't know i just feel like 
if I feel like the government, if they did their job in order, I feel like they wouldn't have to do all these gagging and stuff. So yeah, like let them talk, let them talk about well, so so the thing is with, with with all the clubs now. So basically, if you don't if you don't adhere to these rules and not talk to the clubs about furlough and you know whether Liverpool win the title, basically you're gonna get your access revoked to the players. So they've effectively been gagged by that's the a, that's, that's a that's tyranny, that's dictatorship. <laughs> see, 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 this is what I'm saying, it's like a veiled um, dictatorship. <laughs> because who because who want who wants to lose access to the players when their games eventually do come back? It puts it puts like if you're gonna like you're paying the Premier League close to you know, BT are paying them three, four hundred million. Sky are paying them over seven hundred million for, for for the games that they're showing every season. And now they're gonna put them in a position where they cut. They're they're actually paying for access to the players. Yeah. And they're telling them no. Well, we don't want to talk about it. Like, I don't. I don't understand how or why that has been allowed to happen. But again, the, the, and I've said this on. on the, the past two or three shows now that the, the Premier League when it comes to these situations with disciplinary issues with um, you know when when is the league kind of come back or well, anything that's controversial the Premier League would not say anything mm. they go mute <laughs> they'd they rather say nothing than mm. say something say something or something potentially right just in case they get it wrong yeah. You know, just keep as quiet as possible. And that's one thing I've been noticing. When it comes to racism in the game, they won't say anything. When it comes to disciplinary issues and whether players get banned, no, it's the FA that needs to deal with it. Yeah. What's your take, Rich? Is Rich still there? Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Yes. Sorry, I was saying, yeah, that they'll, they'll refer to the proper channels of investigations and over to the appropriate authorities and etc <laughs> and you know what that's that's as a business that's how you, you to to be quite frank that's how they win unless stuff really does hit the fan do you know what i mean they really won't say anything yeah. um you know and yeah i think you know this is this is all this is the commercialization of the sport, basically. Yeah. In terms of, you know, the censorship, the, you know, I mean, not wanting to step foot wrong or whatever. And this, in this whole situation, that is, this is it. It's the commercialization. Even if, you know, even the furloughing thing, commercialization, okay. it's not, it's not, it's not a, it's not a heartfelt decision. If it was a heartfelt decision, people would have come straight out the bat said, we're not furloughing staff. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it, and, and I think, you know, the whole thing, the whole thing about, yeah, like, want to guard what people say and don't want people talking, etc., etc. This is, yeah, like I said, it's just, it's just um, a, they're looking after their investment, if you like, or their, their, their business. Um yeah, I, I, so I don't know. I don't, not much else I can add to what you said, to be honest. I just agree. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Um, and obviously, so, so basically, what they've, what apparently all the clubs have agreed to provide their manager for an interview 
every four weeks and then play it every two weeks as the broadcasters are desperate for content with the sporting schedule. They're getting paid. <laughs> okay, it's part of the obligations. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's gonna be pretty pretty interesting how this all all this stuff all that. But I think you're right, man. All the clubs are protecting their their image, um, and in some ways they are right to do so. Um, you actually have to protect your your investment and your business, right? Um, but I just I just think, and it, it, I said it on on the show before that I think that. Now a lot of clubs have been briefed that you don't you don't inform the press of any players contracting this virus until the Premier League have been informed. So none of your players should go onto Instagram and, or Instagram Live and talk about this stuff because as soon as another player, player contracts it, all this behind closed doors malarkey that they're trying to pull, um, which I don't agree with, is is all going to be stopped. All going to be stopped. So. Um, yeah, it will be interesting to see how things um, pan out. So, yeah. Agreed. <laughs> All right, gents. Um, I think we'll call it that for tonight, if, you, if you're all right with that. And I think maybe um, in a couple more days, um, we'll, we'll, we'll record like maybe an interview episode where we talk about other, other items on the agenda. Of course. Um, I want to thank you guys um, for joining me. So that's Day and Richard. Just shout out your ads for for the listeners if they do wanna if they do wanna follow you. Uh, at Day Elliot on Twitter. Rich. Yeah, I'm I'm a ghost. So yeah, <laughs> one up one up front for <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Brilliant. So yeah, I'm your host Eman um, from the One Up Front podcast. Um, just a little brief, a brief one um, for the listeners. I don't want to sort of make the podcast too long right now because you end up talking about the same things over and over again. Um, but yeah, again, we try to talk about niche things. Um, so if you want to get in touch or or anything, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and yeah, you can find us on all spot all podcasting platforms. So thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one. Cheers. Safe, man. Last one, gentlemen. Thank you.